This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Washington Mystics point guard Natasha Cloud. How's it going, Tasha? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for coming on. Of course. So let's just go. Let's uh, rewind a little and uh, let's go back to your high school days. Oh, wow, we got to backtrack a little bit now. Yeah, so, so I wanted to know, usually I ask people, like, what the recruiting process for them was like. So I basically I want to know what was that like for you and, like, why would you pick Maryland? So my recruiting process was a little different, I think, uh, when I was in high school and even into college. And sometimes now um, I've always kind of been the underdog and not really re- respected for what I bring um, on the court. So I wasn't heavily, heavily recruited. I was more locally recruited um, from right outside of Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania. So uh, I was kind of the St. Joe's, Villanova's temple of the world and um, into Virginia, Virginia Tech, and then along came Maryland. And uh, so Maryland was actually the first school that I visited, and I fell in love immediately. Um, from the coaching staff to the team and how they played and being in the ACC was a big dream of mine as well as the campus um, and kind of the diversity of what the campus had was very uh, appetizing to me. So after about like two weeks after I visited, um, I just made the decision. Uh, It was either going to be stay close to home or Maryland and uh, so I decided on Maryland. I spent my freshman year there, and my grandfather got really sick. So uh, the decision to transfer back home to St. Joe's and be 20 minutes from home was super important to me. Family is the most important thing in my life. So uh, I made that sacrifice of leaving, and you know, it was the best decision for me moving forward. I got to spend a lot more years with my grandfather and got to you know, spend time with my family as well. I don't think people realize how much we sacrifice when it comes to our loved ones and the time that we spend with them um, with this game and being in college and overseas. So uh, I was very lucky that I had as much time as possible as I could. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. That was going to be my next question, too. Why'd you transfer? Yeah, so it's, I mean, family's always the most important thing to me. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's my, that's my rock. That's my stability. So... In everything I do, whether it's basketball or just life decisions, are always a, a main a main priority for me. Yeah, definitely. And what was your overall experience like at St. Joe's? Uh, it was it was phenomenal. Um, you know, it was the right decision for me. Uh, when I went to Maryland, I was kind of a, a small fish in a big pond. Uh, I got swallowed up and kind of lost in you know the BCS school, but at St. Joe's and mid-major in the A-10, my florist, and I was able to be me and be able to, you know, go through mistakes and trial and error as a player and figure out what worked for me, what didn't. And to be able to play 40 minutes every single night for your hometown team is huge. And, you know, I had a great career at St. Joe's. We actually had a really good team. Um, So actually, after my transfer year, we played Maryland, uh, who was number five in the country at the time, and we beat them, um, as well as some other big um, BCS schools that year. So we had actually won the A-10 as well, got into the NCAA tournament twice while I was there. Uh, So I had a good career. And it was a lot more prideful of being in the tournament and playing big games because we were a mid-major who a lot of people, again, that underdog mentality. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you got a couple of rings for the conferences, right? 
Yeah, definitely got some got some rings, which is always always something that you're you're playing for. And again, for my hometown team, that's even better. But St. Joe's as a whole too, community. Um, Phil Martelli isn't there anymore, but the the culture in which he created as well there at St. Joe's was was a special one. Yeah, definitely. And I know the draft just happened the other night. So, what was your uh, draft day experience like? Uh, so my draft day experience was another one. It was I wanted to stay home with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, actually, my grandfather at the time he had just gone to the hospital, so he was in the hospital that night when the draft went on. But it, it was a special moment for me. My whole family came over. My St. Joe's team was there, and we just watched the draft. The second round, I think, always plays on ESPN two or something like that. But to finally see my name come up and across that board after all the hard work and after making that big sacrifice of transferring from a BCS school to a mid-major. It was like a sign of relief that that decision didn't affect my dream of playing in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. And to be in Washington only two hours from home was, was a huge benefit for me, too. So I was extremely happy, extremely blessed to be one of the few mid-major kids that is in the WNBA. Yeah, for sure. Was that like ironic that you got drafted to Washington since it's like the DMV area? Yeah, it was extremely. Uh, I remember Coach T was asking me, like, if I was excited, and I was like, I'm extremely excited, but I'm familiar with the area already because of that, you know, that year at Maryland. Mm-hmm. So it actually played into my benefit too, of just being familiar and being comfortable right off the bat. Yeah, definitely. Were you surprised that I knew uh, the I knew the uh, <laughs> the uh, what's I, it called? I am the abbreviation for <laughs> yeah. it. I'm, I'm very surprised that you knew the DMV. I got I got friends out there. <laughs> Shoot, you got me out here too. I, I think <laughs> we're go. friends. I think we're on that level I think, now. I think so. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what what's it been like just playing for the Washington Mystics? I know you're, what are you going in your fifth year right now? Yeah, going into my fifth season, it's been a blessing. Definitely came in my rookie season, not really knowing what to expect. Uh, my thing was to continue to be me and stick to who I am as a player and as a person and kind of just be a sponge and absorb as much as I can. My rookie season, I really didn't expect to play that much, but midway through the year, I'm the starting point guard. Uh, so that was tough. My rookie season was tough. I think the point guard position is the hardest position to play in the league, and I might be a little bit biased, but you're the coach on the court. You need to know everyone's position. You need to know every single offensive set, every single position within it. You need to be able to lead a team on the court, especially in game situation. You need to know exactly what your coach is expecting and what he's looking for. So that's extremely tough to do. So to be starting point guard my rookie season was a lot of trial and error, probably more error than um, any successful. But coming into my second year, I stayed in the starting position. We didn't have that great of a year, but we were also the youngest team in the WNBA during my second year. So, you know, we were losing a lot of games by two or three points, and we ended up missing the playoffs. But came back for my third season. We made some trades, some really big trades that kind of, Reestablished our team. We kind of started new with bringing in Elena Deladon and Christy Tolliver. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually I lost my starting position to Christy, um, and Coach T kind of challenged me in the sense of find a role and make mm-hmm. sure that role is something that makes you irreplaceable on the floor. So I really just got back to being who I was and a defensive-minded player and a lockdown defender and allowed my offense to come from that. And I think that's what we needed at the time, too, especially with players like Christy and Elena who are going to give you 20 points a game. You know, we really needed a defender to be able to lock down on the other end. So within that role, I feel like I had one of my best seasons 
which led me back into a starting role. Um, and then coming into this year, I got to play a lot more, especially with being our best perimeter defender. It just kind of solidified my role in the team. And I took a little bit more of a scoring role this uh, season as well. And so it, I've been extremely blessed with the positions that I've been put in. And I like to say that I'm a product of my environment and now it's both to my family. And a lot of that is the St. Joe's. And being a mid-major kid, that's always been an underdog. And um, that relentless mentality that comes with that, that's just really how I approach my professional career as well. Yeah, definitely. So you still have that chip on your shoulder, huh? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know, I, I understand what I can bring to a team. And, mm-hmm. you know, it might not always show up on the stat sheets, but I try to do all the intangibles that some players might overlook because I think those are the most important parts of the game. So I think that kind of sets mm-hmm. me apart and, again, solidifies my role for us as the Mystics. And, and that's why I just continue to play a chip on my shoulder with that underdog mentality. Yeah, definitely. And I know you were a free agent this past summer or, you know, I mean, off season, I should say. I'm tripping. Yeah. But uh, so was there any doubt that you were going to not come back or did you know you were going back? Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's always it was weird because this is my first uh, free agency type of thing. But again, I was a restricted free agent. So even yeah, if yeah. another team offered me coach D at the final say of whether I was staying in D.C. or not, it wasn't really my decision anyway. Um, so for me, it was it was interesting to see the process of it all. And for me, I knew they wanted me here in D.C. Um, Coach T had made it known to me uh, in our end-of-the-year meeting and all off-season. But, you know, when it comes to your profession and your career, this is there's 144 females in the WNBA. Um, it's extremely cutthroat. It's extremely hard to not only get in but then stay in. So I'm extremely blessed to be in the position that I am. And fortunately enough, uh, Katie Smith also wanted me in New York. And for me, that would have been another great place because it's two hours from my home. You're talking about being a professional athlete. You need to do what's best for you and your career and your family. Um, And that all plays into it. But obviously my heart's been in D.C. I rep the district. And um, to be able to continue my my career here for two more years and try to finish something that we started last season with being in the finals was huge for me and mm-hmm. my free agency. Yeah, definitely. I was going to ask you this question later, but I you since you brought up like the 144 players in the league, like a scenario question, basically like how many more teams do you think there could be with like good enough players to be in the WNBA? Oh, well, I mean, when you're talking about the WNBA only having 12 teams and yeah. 144 players, I mean, look at all these kids in college that are coming out, not only BCS schools, because I think, you know, sometimes the politics can get involved with it. Again, that's what your your fear is as a mid-major, is that you're not going to get your opportunity to play at the next level. (laughs) Even though you might be more talented or can bring a different dynamic uh, to a team in the WNBA, you just get overlooked because you, you didn't go to a BCS school. So for me, I feel like there could be 12 more teams easily with talent but you know we're at this 12 mark uh we're trying to expand we're trying to progress opting out of our cba is one of the biggest things that i think we could have done for our league with moving forward and trying to progress the WNBA and grow it so i think that's going to be huge um in the future but to bring more teams we need people to invest we need people to believe in our league we need people to believe in us as players and invest in us because if you invest in something that you believe in you're going to get results out of it so I really do believe that there could be 12 more teams there's that many talented 
young females out here that play this game of basketball that are stuck playing overseas because we don't have enough roster spots for them. Yeah, yeah definitely. And what, what's uh, Tasha Cloud like on the court versus off the court? It doesn't really change. Tasha on the court is probably a little bit more uh, focused because I have to be uh, in that mm-hmm. point guard position. Uh, I need to, again, know everyone's position and where they need to be at all times. Um, as well as understand schemes and different game plans that we have um, set for that specific night. But uh, you'll see me on the sidelines dancing and goofing off and doing warm-ups, dancing and singing and playing uh, softball with Christy during our warm-up. I I truly believe that if you can just be yourself and be the greatest version of yourself and go to your profession and your career, then that could be your biggest benefit. Um, so for me, I just try to stay true to who I am and uh, allow that to to show on the court. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you've been, like, blowing up on social media lately, probably, like, the past two weeks. <laughs> so what's it been like getting all this exposure, like being in the, the WNBA commercial make way and uh, the Mystics draft day video? Yeah, I mean, it, it's been a blessing. I'm extremely humbled and grateful for the opportunities that I've had this offseason. The Make Way commercial and the rebranding of the WNBA, that was huge for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still, I can't believe that I was able to be in the commercial. That's things you dream of since you were a kid. You dream of being the Diana Taurasi in the commercial that you're watching when you're 10 years old, 12 years old. And I had the opportunity to do that. So I'm extremely grateful to be in that position. It makes my family extremely proud, which then, you know, makes me so happy too. And then for the Mystics, too, I love being one of the main faces on our team and the main personality because mm-hmm. I'm just loud and obnoxious. So that apparently mm-hmm. pays off when it comes to entertaining people. Yeah. But again, I'm just extremely grateful and beyond blessed to be able to be in the position that I am and for people to embrace who I am and what I am and, uh, you know, give me that respect in a sense. Is that commercial like running on TV? Because I, I just don't have cable, so I don't know. The Make Way or <laughs> yeah. the Draft Day? No, the make way. Yeah, the make way is. I think it was playing on ESPN too. I actually didn't get to watch the actual draft. I just followed it on my phone, so I'm not sure if it played then. But I know it was on ESPN too and stuff. Oh, that's dope. And what, what's your yeah. thought? What's your thoughts on the new logo and the new designs for the jerseys? Again, I think being able to rebrand and you know the league and other people putting resources in us is so important in moving us forward and progressing this league. You know, for a while there, we were just, it was kind of like the WNBA is just old, same old women in the league that kind of don't get to show their personalities or who they are. Um, So for them to be able to be like, no, we want to showcase you guys and who you are, what you do, show that you're more than athletes, show your style, show, you know, how hip-hop culture uh, is a direct correlation with our league and with basketball, with the game of basketball. And I think it's huge when talking about us needing to make this push for our league. Gotcha. So do you like the new logo on the jerseys? I do like the new logo on the jersey. You know, for me, I would I would like more of like I would still like our jerseys the same Mystics. I like last year's. You know, yeah, like having sponsors is super dope, and again, that's a way of progressing our league and getting people to invest in us and and get more revenue for different whether it's marketing or PR. Like it, it's it's super important, but again, when you're talking about like the 
Geico and AT&T mm-hmm. being as big as the DC on our jerseys. I would just like that our, our names were still on our jerseys. Like, who are they? The Washington Geico? And, and again, it's huge. Like, we're super mm-hmm. thankful and grateful for both Geico and AT&T for investing in us and believing in us. But, you know, we still want to represent who we are and what we are. Yeah, the only thing about the logo, I think it should have been the opposite way, I guess. I don't know why. Like, yeah, like yeah we, I, I think so too. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's, I think, yeah, what is it to the left? I thought it should be like reversed the to the other right. way around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I like it though. It's it's different. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, I asked them like what it was, what what it stood for, and they say that like for the most part she'll be by herself without borders or boundaries, um, without the little box around her because yeah. that's what they're kind of representing. And I thought that was a really cool motive behind it. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was cool too, but I like the box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just like from, I'm just thinking like design standpoint and stuff, not actual like what they're like outside. Yeah, they're basically, sure. they're thinking outside the box. You get it? <laughs> like, Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So why do you why do you think you you're so marketable? Um, again, I think I'm just super annoying and obnoxious, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that that entertains people. But no, I, I feel like I'm very personable. I feel like I can really talk to anyone, regardless of race, gender, religion, anything like that. I represent diversity, obviously, being mixed race. And just my personality, I'm super outgoing. Um, and when you're talking about a team, we have a lot of personalities on our team, but I think I'm probably the most obnoxious, so that always helps. <laughs> so do any of your teammates get annoyed by you? Um, probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably, but no, we have we have a really good team, um, and, and we're all family. It's it's no different than my family getting annoyed at me because I'm I'm obnoxious. Like I can go home, and my mom will be like, "Bro, go home, like go back to DC already. You're so loud." And that's just who I've always been. But you know, it doesn't affect me. I am who I am. <laughs> yeah, and I know you, I know you didn't play overseas this season, but what what's has, yeah. has your past experience been like playing over there? I know you played in uh, like Turkey and Australia. Yeah, uh, Turkey was terrible. Right. Absolutely, absolutely <laughs> terrible. Um, I actually tore my hip labrum over there, and the team that I was playing for tried to hide my results from me. So that was like a really, really terrible experience for me as a rookie to go over there to get, uh, you know, what could be a major injury um, in my hip labrum, and then to kind of be stuck over there. And, and you know, I'm already away from my family, and it, it was just tough. And then, you know, how Turkey is set up, women aren't really respected over there. So that was really hard in itself, too, to get used to, especially coming from the States. But so, so I, I came home, I uh, got healthy, I stayed home the next off season, and then I went to Australia. Um, and Australia was extremely important for my overseas career because it was like a breath of fresh air. I played in Townsville a small kind of country town. It was nice, mm-hmm. um, very Americanized. And I liked the, the small community type feel that really supported their team. And again, the weather and the culture out there and the different sites and stuff, it, it was really super important to kind of get back on track for my overseas career. I opted out of going overseas this year just for the simple fact of it was my contract year and I didn't want to get hurt overseas or risk it. So I just kind of wanted to solidify my contract, and then next season I'll try to go over again. Man, you just answered all my questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, right? One yeah. big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> like, I, I think the NBA is, like, growing pretty good right now, but, like, what do you want to see, like, more of? 
of the WNBA or the NBA? No, the WNBA. Like, like just the, like growth. Like, what do you want to see? Like, what do you want to see them do, or like try to get like more fans or more teams? Yeah, or anything? About more fans, more viewership, more endorsements, more sponsorships, more partnerships for us, which can help expand, maybe grow some teams. But for right now, I think. You know, being seen in the viewership brings fans, which will bring all that. But, you know, the NBA just invested so heavily into G League. You know, you can mm-hmm. now be 18 years old and come out of high school and make $125,000, yeah. and which is more than what Elena Deladon, arguably the best player in the entire world, is making in the WNBA. She's making about 118. Mm-hmm. So when, you, when you're talking about the NBA investing in the G League and believing in the G League, we can do the same thing. Yeah. Um, you need to be able to invest in something. You need to be able to believe in something for for results and mm-hmm. for, for things to come out of it. So I truly, truly believe that if we had different investments and sponsorships and endorsements, and, you know, even ESPN, like I'm tired of seeing our finals games. Yeah, ESPN gives us a lot of money, but at the end of the day, we can't even get our finals games on the main channel. We're playing on mm-hmm. ESPN U or ESPN Plus or ESPN Two. Like, meanwhile, you're playing NBA games from 1985. Like, <laughs> no one gives a shit about those games. And you, you know, people might say, "Well, I don't give a shit about the WNBA finals." But if you put us on, people are going to watch. Yeah. If you put us out there, people are going to be interested and, and, and follow and watch. Like, but we need to be able to put out there. Um, so I think, again, this relaunch and this rebranding of our league is huge. And, you know, even the commercial that we just did, I think they put like 100000 in the commercial we just did. That's huge mm-hmm. when talking about trying to expand our league. So, yeah, there's different things that go into us growing and us kind of flourishing. But I think for me, the biggest part is viewership, which then can lead to all those other things. Yeah, I think somehow, like, an NBA player has to, well, I think they should, some kind of, like, uh, I guess, big-name NBA player should, like, invest in the league or something. Like, Kobe's doing so much for women's basketball right now because his daughters are involved. Yeah, yeah, He's doing so much with the college, but come on, Kobe, like, (laughs) it ain't nothing for you to buy a WNBA team. And get much. another team started. Yeah. Bring back the, the Sacramento Monarchs. Like, you're out there in Cali. Like, bring a team to Philadelphia, <laughs> like, where you grew up at. Like, it, it takes one person yeah. to kind of take that leap of faith for others to follow. Yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely. Yeah, I saw he was at, like, one of the UConn games. Like, uh, I think it was, yeah, Rebecca Lobo's uh, jersey retirement game. Yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah, I definitely don't, yeah, I don't think it makes sense either that the G League players will get i know i don't think it started yet but yeah they get the 100k because then that's like technically the minor leagues yeah and i know i know that's where it's going like yeah. I, I pray to god that it does go there for the men because i feel like ncaa is new age slavery and when you talk about using people and players i mean the ncaa is just so corrupt in what they do especially with march madness they're making billions and billions of dollars in which Players like Zion and JR and RJ there will never ever see. That's insane to me that this is still allowed. And you're talking about, in this sense, you're talking about a majority of African American players or players of color that they're using for their benefit. So I do hope that the G League grows so that they are able just to go from high school to the G League. 
But again, you know, with that being said, we could also grow our league at the same time. And we're not asking for crazy amounts of money. Like, yeah. people are like, they should be grateful for what they have. We are extremely grateful. We are extremely blessed to be playing basketball, the game we love. But also, golly, we deserve a little bit more. Like, I'm just asking for Atlanta to make, like, 300000 That's it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, NCAA is just a whole nother uh, story. It's a whole other beast, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't think, I think maybe in like, I don't know, maybe like 20 to like 50 years, something something will happen that will be good for like the players, I guess. But who knows? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, so you ready, you ready for some fun questions? Uh, yeah, go ahead. All right, so what are three jerseys that you don't own right now that you would want in any, any sport? Uh, three jerseys. I like that question, actually. I definitely want Russell Westbrook. I want to add that to my collection this summer. I want, like, a Joe Allen Iverson one. I want to try to, like, customize it. And then the next one that I would like is definitely um, an Alicia Ocasio Chicago Bandage jersey for the NPS. WNBA? That's the old team? Yeah, that's that's the the women's professional softball league. Oh, 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 oh. It's the national basket. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I thought you said it was an old NBA, WNBA team. Um, I'm all about progressing women's sports, so that's, that's I, a jersey I, thought, I want. I thought you were going to say more unique ones, to be honest. What did you say? I'm a little disappointed. You're a little disappointed? I thought, I thought you were going to say more unique ones, and the, the first two were kind of basic. They are kind of basic, but I don't have a Russell Westbrook, and that's the one I've been wanting. So I want like the Joe Blue. Which which which, um, which the, one though? The uh, the blue one. It's like a not like a teal. Is that, is that the color? I don't even know how to describe the blue. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's on to on to the next question. Hopefully, you eat peanut butter and jellies. Do do I what? <laughs> eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Oh yeah, I love PB. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so do I you like put... the Uncrustables though. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so grape jelly or strawberry? Grape. Y'all tripping if you say strawberry. Grape. I like both. <laughs> no, y'all tripping about strawberry <laughs> jelly. Uh-uh, I got to go with my grape. <laughs> What's one thing that people might not know about you? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm, like, super open book, so I really be telling everyone about me. But uh, one thing people might not know is I can juggle. You could juggle? Like good? I can like, juggle. Like well? Yeah, I can juggle pretty well. Um, so, I stayed home as a kid one day from school because I was sick and I just found some clementines and then taught myself to juggle. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that's pretty random. Super random. <laughs> All right, well, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, can you, uh, one, could you say your favorite catchphrase that you say on Instagram to uh, give everyone motivation? And two, just let people know where you uh they can follow you on social media. <laughs> yeah, I got you. It, it, this is Average Savage, right? Average to Savage, yeah. Average to Savage, okay. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Today is going to be a great day. You know what? Because we are Average to Savage, and you here with Tasha Cloud. Go follow me on Instagram, T underscore Cloud 9, or on Twitter, T underscore Cloud 4. Boom. <laughs>